You're listening to Advancing Our Church. We exist to promote best practices and accountability in the church. Into parish level, um, I think there's a greater demand and call for accountability. It's how can we be effective leaders and ministers in, in what we're doing in the church. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Advancing Our Church, a podcast dedicated to Catholic stewardship, leadership, and advancement. I'm Jim Friend. Well, it has been an exciting week for many folks around the country. It was the week of high school graduations. And so in a special way, I want to give a shout out to several of our family friends who graduated this past week. So we're very, very proud of you. And now that you're getting older and you're all young adults, you have officially made the rest of us feel a little older. So congrats, guys. Great job. You know what else is great? Supporting our show. How do you do that? Well, I am so glad you asked. Leaving us a rating on iTunes. I just want to remind you that this is the last week to enter our drawing to win a $25 Visa gift card for leaving our show a rating on iTunes. I will announce the winner next week. Don't delay. I want you to pause the show right now, leave us a rating on iTunes, and then come back and listen to the rest, okay? All right, everybody. Are you ready? Let's get to work. The theme of this week's show is leadership, and this week I had the opportunity to speak with Michael Broff, who is the Director of Strategic Engagement for the Leadership Roundtable. Now, the mission of the Roundtable is to promote best practices and accountability in management, finances, communications, and human resource work for the Catholic Church, and of course, that involves greater incorporation of the laity. I'll put Michael's biographical info and links to the roundtable on our show notes and on my website, but suffice it to say that Michael is an expert in the area of leadership development. He's worked in the Catholic Church for over 26 years, and our discussion today will be about the work of the roundtable, but in a special way, we'll cover some of the topics that they're going to cover at their annual meeting at the end of the month in Orlando, which will be a precursor to the Convocation of Leaders which we discussed on our show last week. So without further ado, here is my interview with Michael. Well, Michael, welcome to the program. So glad to have you here. Thank you very much, Jim. It's great to be with you and and with your listeners. Well, why don't we start a little bit by you telling us uh, about the National Leadership Roundtable. You all have been around for a number of years doing some fantastic work around the country, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about the Roundtable in your own words, maybe some of the background and and some of the history. Well, thank you. Yes, Leadership Roundtable was formed uh, back in 2005. Um, So we uh, exist to promote best practices and accountability in the church. We focus on the areas of church management, finances, communications, human resources. What we're looking to do is to to use the skills of the laity for the, the benefit of the church. Um, the church is so heavily involved, Catholic charities, education, hospitals, all sorts of areas. And uh, we exist as a not-for-profit to uh, partner with parishes and dioceses, religious communities, um, to try and make us as efficient and effective as a church uh, as we can be. Such a needed role uh, that we have in, in the church today, and uh, I'm sure you've worked with just a number of different uh, parishes and dioceses around the country. 
Oh, absolutely. The, the, the whole idea is we don't want to reinvent the wheel. So what we do is we look around the church, we look around the nonprofit sector, the business sector, wherever we can find um, people functioning well, leading well, and, and we partner with them and hold up those examples uh, so that other, others can follow. So we've been blessed uh, to work with uh, almost three quarters of the diocese uh, across the United States uh, now, uh, and all variety of different things, training uh, pastors, training bishops, uh, creating strategic plans, uh, doing communication audits, all sorts of different uh, elements of, of how we run the church, of church management. Uh, and, and we've been blessed to work with, with bishops, religious communities uh, across the country. That's fantastic. How did, uh, how did the Leadership Roundtable get started? So it was it was back in in 2003 the initial conversations began and um, some senior level Catholics who were involved in the church uh, they were they were philanthropists uh, they were they served on boards of uh, top Catholic colleges universities uh, and they looked at what the church was going through in the early 2000s with the sexual abuse crisis and they said. Clearly, that issue needs to be addressed and, and needs to be dealt with. And we as a church have responded to that, that terrible crisis. But they also identified that, that there were mismanagement going on in the church, that we were not utilizing the skills of these senior uh, lay leaders that we have uh, within our Catholic community who, um, who could address some of the challenges that the church were facing. In other words, if we had responded and managed the situation better, Perhaps we would not have ended up in quite the mess uh, that we ended up in uh, as a church. You know yourself, I think it's up to 15 dioceses now that have ended up in bankruptcy as a result of, uh, you know, the financial uh, consequences of that. And so the question that, that, that these uh, lay people were, were saying was, how can we assist the church? How can we serve the church? And so they sat down with uh, the, the president of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. They sat down with a number of other leaders in the church, together with philanthropists and others involved, and said, um, what are the challenges? What are the managerial challenges that the church is facing? And how can we best serve and support the church to improve uh, in those areas? Well, you're so right, and uh, just on so many levels, um, what you're saying, and and um, you know, in where we're at now compared to where we were, say, 15 years ago in the early 2000s, we've we've come a long way, but I would say we probably have a long way to go. Is that is that fair? I think that is fair. Um, we've we've been delighted. I um, mean, I've been with Leadership Roundtable for 11 years now, and I can tell you it's very different uh, now than it was uh, 11 years ago. Um, we did a review after 10 years of the Leadership Roundtable, and we, we, we only tweaked one word in our, our mission statement, and that was to include the word accountability. When we began uh, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, um, there was not a lot of talking about accountability within the church. And, and now it's a, it's a common um, point of, of discussion. And, and we see um, from the leadership of Pope, of Pope Francis uh, right the way down to parish level, um, I think there's a greater demand and call for accountability. And so we've certainly seen the church begin to look at, you know, how can we develop leaders? How can we equip leaders uh, in the church, at every level of the church, 
for the ministry role and the leadership role that we're asking them to do? How can we be more transparent and accountable uh, with our finances? How can we have better planning in place so that we make sure, for example, we know uh, uh, which parishes are going to be needed where, which schools are going to be needed where, uh, to make sure that we staff them in, uh, with with the proper leadership uh, and management. So we've certainly seen a big change uh, over the years with many, many dioceses and religious communities addressing these issues in a more um, ongoing fashion, you know, it's far more structured approach to sure. some of these issues. We've always done formation in the church, right? We've mm -hmm. always done leadership development in the church, but it was a little bit ad hoc. Uh, I think the biggest difference that we find now is that, that folks are looking and say, we really have to change our structures. We have to change our formation programs. Uh, we have to change how we are managing these wonderful resources that, that, that have been gifted to the church. And those resources, of course, are financial, but they're also people. They're also the patrimony, the buildings, uh, and these wonderful institutions that we have. It's fantastic. And, um, you know, what, what everything you're saying rings true to me, both on a personal and on a professional level. I've, I've seen uh, leadership and lay leadership take a greater role at the diocesan level, at the Catholic school level, um, when you see these new foundations spring up around uh, the dioceses with lay boards governing the finances, um, it's just it's an evolving it's an evolving time I think in the history of our church and in how we govern the church and and how we govern the govern the insti uh, individual institutions. Is, is that fair? Do you think to say that it's it's still evolving that we're we've come a ways, but we probably have a little bit of ways to go. Oh, for sure. And, you know, as Pope Benedict talked about, he used the term co-responsibility. Right. And so every level that you described, whether I'm serving on a parish finance council, uh, a diocesan school board, whether I'm part of the philanthropic community and trying to impact um, change in the church. The question is, how do we prepare uh, and equip people for those roles. Um, you can't just drop people in and expect them um, to be able to function in that way. So how do you equip folks with that? How do you help them uh, to grow with that? Um, and, and how do we do it, as I say, in a more systemic way than perhaps we've done in the past? Michael, tell us a little bit about your own background. I probably should have started there. Uh, how, did, how did you, uh, how long have you been with the Roundtable? And, and what, tell us a little bit about your, your career. Well, as your listeners can tell, uh, I'm from New Jersey. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I, I actually originally I'm from Scotland. And uh, yes, the question I get asked most common, I didn't know there were Catholics in Scotland. Yes, <laughs> there is a Catholic church in Scotland. It's alive and well, far smaller percentage, certainly than here in the United States. And, and I grew up a, a family of, uh, I have eight siblings. Uh, both of my parents were, were trained as teachers and, and were active in the, in our parish and, and we all as children uh, got actively involved in everything from music ministry to altar serving to reading to all sorts of things and, and that's where I track kind of my ministry uh, roots back to. Um, I too trained as a, as a teacher, worked in a Catholic high school uh, teaching religious education and I then had the privilege of working for the Scottish Bishops Conference, um, their equi equivalent of CRS and I was involved in justice education uh, there. And then uh, I was uh, blessed enough to, to meet and marry a wonderful woman from New Jersey. We met at, at university. And so when we had our first daughter, our uh, first daughter was born, uh, we moved to the United States. So New Jersey is home for me uh, now for ooh, 19 years. 
Uh, we have three daughters, uh, and I'm certainly involved in my, my parish, my diocese uh, here in New Jersey. Um, I was blessed um, for eight years to work with Renew International, uh, the spiritual and pastoral renewal program. And so worked across the United States and uh, 25 other countries. Um, so I've, I've got a, a, a breadth of exposure to, to training and working with, with priests and lay leaders, bishops in uh, over a dozen countries around the world. Uh, and then uh, joined the Leadership Roundtable uh, 11 years ago this month. Um, so I'm one of the, 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 the kind of early members of our of our team and our staff. And uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoy the, 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 the ministry uh, that I'm involved with uh, with here. That's fantastic. I've, I've had the privilege of uh, working a, with a couple of your uh, your folks, of course, Kerry Robinson, Jim Lundholm Eads and some others. You have a very talented staff um, and you have a great reputation. And does your um, does your job cause you to travel uh, internationally? So uh, our focus as an organization at Leadership Roundtable uh, has been in the United States, mostly because uh, that's where we identified the greatest need and, and we're still uh, addressing that need. In fact, uh, as we progressed uh, over those, um, I guess, 12 years, um, different church leaders, sometimes bishops, sometimes lay leaders, sometimes uh, academic institutions from around the world. Australia, uh, Ireland, uh, Rome, different places have come to us and certainly asked us for, for advice and, and assistance. So uh, my work has been predominantly in the United States. And, and I thank you for mentioning what a great team uh, we have. We really are, are, are blessed to have not only a great staff, but this uh, membership of about 200 senior executives. And they are mostly lay, but also uh, ordained they come from the business world. They come from the philanthropic community and the nonprofit sector, and and I think you know we call ourselves the roundtable because convening these different leaders to address the challenges is probably the most exciting part of of, of what we do. I mean, these are extremely talented and gifted people who love the church and want to serve and, and give back to the church. Um, since you asked about about international travel, just within the last month. Uh, Jim Lundomedes, whom you mentioned, and I um, visited Rome because uh, Cardinal Pell, who held, heads up the Secretariat for the Economy, um, so he is really working to implement uh, Pope Francis's wonderful uh, reforms. And of course, his reforms are of the Vatican Curia and offices, but they are also for us all as, as a whole church. And, and his leadership has really given a boost to our work. So one of the pontifical universities uh, in Rome is uh, planning and developing a program in church management. So they will have um, priests and lay leaders from around the world um, come and, and study in Rome, or perhaps they're already in Rome, and, and they'll, they'll join this course. And so Jim and I were given an opportunity to, to do some training with their faculty there. So some of the faculty are from business schools, so they come from that kind of business background. Some of the faculty are from uh, the, the seminaries or the church universities there. And so we had a wonderful four days uh, there just sharing with them the experience that we've had here in the United States about uh, how to approach church management in a way that is most effective. And, and for us, it's about really equipping people with tools, 
It's about uh, using a language that is meaningful, particularly to priests, so that they can make that connection between their priestly ministry, um, their pastoral leadership role, and the need for them to be able to manage people and manage finances and manage sure. uh, the buildings that, the, that they are tasked with being the pastor of. I'll bet you have a lot of conversations um, around that. I would imagine just helping um, our wonderful priests to manage uh, the business aspect of whether it be a diocese, a church, or a school, just looking for those best practices and resources for them so that they can be effective leaders in that. Uh, that's so true. We've we've developed what we call a theology of management because initially when people hear us talking about church management and some of these issues, they think that we're trying to turn them into CEOs, right? We're trying to turn them into business people or we th think the church is a corporation. Clearly none of those is the case. Um, so we certainly try to talk in a language um, that fits in with certainly our baptismal calling that each of, each of us have been given to use our gifts uh, for the body, for the communion, for the church. Um, but also this notion of stewardship. And, and uh, now I'm talking to the expert here. But this <laughs> idea that, that we are gifted, um, but we are called to steward the many gifts that we have been given and the many gifts uh, of the community. And so I have to know, am I being a good steward? I have to be able to render an account um, for my stewardship. I have to recognize that to be a pastor certainly is to attend to the pastoral needs of the people, um, but it's also to, to lead the people, to, to have a clear vision, to have a clear plan, um, to know how to work with a parish staff, if I'm fortunate to have one, certainly to know how to work with my pastoral council, my finance council, the lay leaders, the volunteers in my parish. So it's trying to equip uh, priests and, and lay leaders, uh, lay ecclesial ministers, particularly here in the United States, you know, play such a vital role um, along with our deacons, parish business managers and such like. It's how can we be effective leaders and ministers in, in what we're doing in the church? Sure. And, and along with that, I would imagine a nice byproduct or maybe it's an intentional byproduct is probably a sense of community for those who go through your program, uh, almost an alumni or continuing partnership with those who may experience one of your programs around the country. I mean, for sure. I mean, the whole idea is we're trying uh, to avoid reinventing the wheel. Sure. And, and and you know this from your work at Parish Diocesan National Level. Right. That sometimes as a church, we're not good at sharing what works. We're not good at supporting each other. And yet we find when we bring people together, they absolutely want to share what their experience has been and, and to support one another uh, in their ministry. So yes, it's a it's a wonderful way we bring together and we try to bring together um, not just individuals, but teams. So for example, we have a, a, a workshop for bishops and their senior cabinet level team members uh, every year. Uh, we bring together pastors uh, with their finance councils or, or uh, pastors with their pastoral staff and say, how can we work together uh, as a group and certainly learning from uh, other folks who've done this and then supporting one another, particularly these days with, with social media and communications and such like. I mean, it's wonderful that you're doing this, sure. this podcast, um, yeah. but, you know, trying to say to people, there are resources there 
right. which you can tap into and which can help you because very often that's what we find folks are looking for. It's it's just, I just need a little help. I just need a little guidance. I need to know what I need to know in order to be more effective in my ministry. And how do you, I, I, I know you've had some online forums in the past, but how do you connect you know, past a pastor in Kentucky who is, uh, you know, who has done this well with a pastor, say, in Missouri, who's looking for these fresh ideas. Do you help them to network or, or connect with their parishes in some ways? Uh, for sure. Um, so Leadership Roundtable has uh, a monthly newsletter. Uh, everyone can sign up for that at leadershiproundtable.org. Um, and, and that's one way that, that we communicate. Early on in our existence, uh, we would hold national training events uh, quite often, and that would bring folks together. But even more so now, and we're really delighted at this development, uh, many dioceses or provinces, uh, a few dioceses uh, joining together, are holding these trainings so that it can be particular to their diocese, their area, their part of the country, the particular demands nice. um, that they are meeting. And so bringing together folks, sometimes even from the same diocese who have not shared sure. uh, with each other and talked with each other uh, or neighboring diocese. So certainly bringing uh, people together is key. Uh, the newsletter is key. And then we have an annual uh, convening uh, where we bring together senior leaders together with you know, parish level and diocesan level um, uh, leaders. And then we also have uh, two uh, conferences where we provide training, uh, the Mid-Atlantic Congress, which takes place in the Archdiocese of Baltimore every year. And then an upcoming one that we have in the uh, Diocese of San Jose, that's the Santa Clara uh, Faith Formation Conference. These are opportunities, again, for us to bring people together um, and, and to talk with them about these best practices uh, and, and follow up with them beyond that. Uh, we do a lot of uh, phone con consultation, as you can imagine, uh, sure. and then we have an online forum um, uh, which uh, you can link to from our website um, where people come together and some of them are, are subject matter experts, um, some of them are pastors, some of them teach in seminaries, and that's another forum or opportunity to exchange these ideas and best practices. It's so important because, uh, you know, it, so much of what you're doing is innovative and new, uh, and then some of it has got to be, well, you know, I, if I'm a new pastor, I'm thinking, well, I know there's got to be another guy in the country who's had to figure out how to do a stewardship initiative or how to put together my first finance council, or I can't be the first guy that had to create a pastoral council. So just sharing those best practices and talking with other pastors and talking with you all who have the, the national experience and have the national scene, it just is so important to pastors who are on the front line trying to put these things together that may not have existed you know, prior to their arrival. For sure. And, and let me share one example that just has been seared into my mind. Uh, we had a training for new pastors. So these were folks who'd been ordained just a few years. And, and you know that the, in the past, you would have an apprenticeship, right? You, it would maybe be mm -hmm. 20 years before you became oh, right. a pastor, right? You'd be curate number three and number two, and then you maybe got a small place as an administrator. These days, with our, our, our fewer numbers of priests, um, we've got some dioceses where folks are becoming administrators or pastors within six to 12 months. Wow. And so they don't have that apprenticeship. They don't have the opportunity 
to learn how to be a priest, never mind to then learn how right. to be a pastor. So we had this one uh, young priest came in, and he was a lovely guy, and he was sharing and enthusiastically and energetically, and and you know you could tell you you could tell he's exactly the sort of priest that you would want in your parish. I mean, just a wonderful, wonderful man. He came up to me at the end of one of my uh, presentations, and he was in tears. <laughs> Oh. I don't see that because I reduce my participants to tears <laughs> when they listen to my presentations. But the tears started welling up in his eyes. He said, Michael, he said, you were just talking about budgets and such. He said, I, I arrived in the parish. My, my, my uh, parish secretary walked in, dropped a spreadsheet on my desk and said, we need the new parish budget within two weeks for the finance council for next year. And she walked out. And he said, he said, I don't have a clue what I'm looking at. I, I don't even know what this is. I've never seen a spreadsheet before. Oh, wow. I've never had to lead uh, a budget formation process. So it's like, okay, take a deep breath. Everything's fine. Right. Here's what may would have been helpful. Somebody coming in who actually could walk through it with you, who could say, this is what we did last year that might be helpful to you. Here's the leader of the finance council. It'd be wonderful to talk with him. Here's a wonderful volunteer in the parish who, who's always willing to help. Out. There was none of that. So we were able to say to somebody like this particular young priest, look, we're not wanting to turn you into a CPA. We, you know, we don't get excited about spreadsheets and all this. There are certain questions that you as a priest, you as a pastor, need to be able to ask about the finances. But you really need to know mostly how can you get other lay leaders, uh, professionals to assist you in doing this? It's part of your responsibility, but it's not something that's dumped on you and, and, and dropped on you alone. So that would be a perfect example of someone who simply needed to be reassured I needed to be provided with some uh, resources and tools. We have um, a, a resource called Catholic Standards for Excellence. And it just lays out all the different areas and best practices that any parish needs to put in place. But the really good thing about it is it provides templates and resources and examples so that a parish can just take it and make it its own. And so, again, they don't have to start from scratch. So, you know, it's little things like that um, where it's like, look, if this turns this priest's um, whole attitude around so that he can no longer be concerned about something like financial management and budget and instead can focus on being the wonderful young priest that, that he is. Exactly. That's that's why he became a priest. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful. Well, Michael, let's uh, let's switch gears here for a moment. Um, at the end of the month, you all are going down to Orlando, Florida, um, for your your two day conference, and that's the prelude uh, to the big convocation for leaders. As you know, that was our topic on last uh, at last year's uh, episode, last week's episode, I should say. And um, tell us a little bit about what uh, the roundtable is planning to do during that uh, during those two days prior to the convocation. We are very, very excited. What we do is each year, as I mentioned, uh, we convene the senior leaders uh, in the church, uh, bishops, uh, business leaders, uh, academics, philanthropists, all different folks gathering together on a different topic each year. And this year, what we decided to do was to hold it um, the two days before 
the USCCB are holding their convocation for Catholic leaders. So uh, we will be gathering uh, together in Orlando Thursday, June 29th, Friday, June 30th. And uh, the title that we've given, which ties in with the, the bishop's convocation, is Engaging, Equipping, and Energizing Catholic Leaders for the Joy of the Gospel. So what we're looking to do is say it's all about the mission, as Pope Francis lays out in his beautiful vision of the joy of the gospel. Um, and for us, it's how do we engage, how do we equip, and how do we energize Catholic leaders? And Catholic leaders is everyone from, from parish level, diocesan level, national organizations, religious communities, bishops themselves, right? So we're all leaders in the church. But how can we make sure that we are properly engaged, equipped, and energized to do that. And, and the reason that we held it in conjunction with uh, the bishop's convocation is precisely so that um, our, our staff and members can feed into that larger national convocation uh, of, of Catholic leaders um, what we have uh, learned and hopefully what we have developed during those, these two days. In other words, how can we best form and provide support for Catholic leaders? So important, and I'm I'm looking forward to being uh, down there with you. Um, what what are some of the topics that you're going to tackle over the two days? So what we're doing is we're going to try and build on um, certainly the vision of the joy of the gospel. So Bishop uh, Frank Caggiano from the Diocese of Bridgeport, he's going to give us just an, an initial kind of focus statement. Uh, we 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 um, uh, are firm believers that actually all of our participants, because they are senior leaders, could be keynotes. So we very much try to you know uh, prime the pump uh, with some input, but then have each of uh, the participants uh, and in discussion groups uh, coming up with their ideas and their uh, experience. So we've kind of got three different uh, movements, if you like, three different uh, sections that we're going to focus on. Firstly, to, to focus on what are the formational experiences um, that Catholic leaders have um, experienced that um, help them to be good Catholic leaders and to be formed as missionary disciples. Um, secondly, what are the best practices that can help these Catholic leaders to continue to grow beyond their initial formation in the seminary or, or at college or wherever they've received uh, their formation. And then finally, we're going to invite all of our participants to see if we can um, not only um, share these are the learnings, these are what we believe are the best practices, but also make a commit commitment themselves. So this would be an individual commitment, but also hopefully an institutional commitment where the folks will come from these two days and go back into their diocese, their place of ministry, uh, and say, this is how we can move forward on some of these best practices for forming and supporting Catholic leaders. That's, that's wonderful. You're going to get them all fired up for this convocation. That's fantastic. Um, that's the that's the idea. You know, yeah. I mean, ener you can hopefully hear from me. I mean, energizing is important, right? Everybody yeah. is busy in the church. I mean, everybody has a million and one different tasks to do. So sometimes coming away, um, being supported, um, being re-energized with some new ideas um, is exactly what people need. And then for us to take that step forward uh, further and say, how can we equip people? So if we've identified that these are great ways to form leaders, how can we take that and put it into practice in our own place? 
So important, you know, and I think uh, as you look at how we form ourselves as leaders, some of us uh, have been in this for a number of years. Others may be new to the experience of working in ministry or working in a diocese. So um, this formational experience may be one of their first uh, experiences in in church ministry as being formed as missionary disciples. So uh, you're going to get them off to a good start. And that's the, the idea. And we're blessed, as I say, to have worked with, with dioceses uh, around the country. And so what we do is we bring in uh, bishops and senior diocesan leaders um, and, and pastors, uh, vicars general from those different dioceses. And again, they share in these small groups um, what their experience has been, what has worked for them, and indeed what has not worked, right? I mean, we can learn from our failures right. as much yeah. as we can uh, learn from our, our successes. So a real open uh, and, and honest conversation um, that brings all of that to the table. And indeed, as part of our, our uh, annual convenings each year, uh, we also uh, award a, a best practices award. So this is, again, just an, an, an opportunity for us to hold up uh, whether it's dioceses, whether it's national organizations, religious communities, um, who have uh, exhibited some form of best practice in the area of church management. And this, this year we have both the Archdiocese of Milwaukee and the Archdiocese of Louisville, K Kentucky, um, who are going to receive those awards, and both of their archbishops are going to, to join us and some of their senior leaders. And again, just to share, what have they done in the area of uh, leadership formation uh, and, and, and formation uh, within their, their archdiocese? That's very, very helpful. And, you know, speaking of leaders, you guys have a new leader, uh, a new executive director, Kim Smolik. Tell us a little we, about Kim. We do indeed. We're very excited. So after uh, 10 years under our uh, founding executive director, Kerry Robinson, um, our, our board wanted to respond to the, the huge demands, quite frankly, upon us um, to expand our work. And so Kim Smolik um, was appointed as our, our, our CEO. Uh, Kim, a very experienced working at diocesan level, but also for Franciscan Mission Services. So she has kind of global perspective as well and uh, has a background in leadership development uh, herself. So Kim joined us uh, November of last year and uh, is uh, guiding us forward as we look to a new strategic plan, as we look to expand uh, our work, as we look to grow the number <laughs> of staff that we have so that we can uh, respond to the demands that are upon us. So um, this will be Kim's uh, first uh, annual uh, convening with us. Uh, and she's very much looking forward to, to that and the opportunity to meet with, um, you know, over 100 folks, uh, leaders coming together for this particular gathering. Well, it'd be a great opportunity for her to meet folks around the country uh, who have been involved with the roundtable for a number of years. And, and I'm sure to hear their uh, their feedback on, on your mission and the work that you're doing. It'll be great. I had the opportunity to talk with Kim probably about a month and a half ago. Very impressive, very dynamic uh, individual and uh, looking forward to seeing her in Orlando. That'll be great. Um, so uh, kind of lastly here, uh, the, of course, the, this is the prelude to the Convocation of Leaders. And uh, last week we had uh, Monsignor Bransfield, the General Secretary uh, for the USCCB, gave us a, a wonderful description and, and talked about some of the theology about behind it and the uh, the intention of the of the USCCB to follow the the, in the footsteps uh, and the, on the lead, I guess, of, of Pope Francis. Um, 
what is the how does the roundtable kind of view the convocation and and what do you hope is is going to come out of of this uh, of this four day workshop or this four day experience in Orlando? Um, we're very excited about uh, the convocation, uh, just the the idea of it to begin with. So this notion that we can bring representatives from every diocese, uh, every religious uh, order, all the different movements in the church, the national organizations, and we can bring them all to, to one place to focus on one particular uh, topic and theme, which is how can we be effective missionary disciples uh, in the church today? So uh, we're very excited about that. We're very excited too because uh, it's not a one-off event. Um, and, and we're very careful even in our events that, you know, there is a temptation, you gather together, you have a great time, you maybe learn something and that's it, right? Then you go back to your, your daily life. So right. we're very excited that, that the Bishop's Conference, uh, together with Father Frank Donio and, and various other uh, leaders of the convocation, are very much seeing this. How do you take this back? to your diocese, to your place of ministry, and how do you continue that conversation? Indeed, how do you broaden out from those who were able to attend um, to all of the leaders at the parish, the diocesan level? So um, we're really excited about that, and we're excited to see us being able to make that move. Uh, and Pope Francis has just given us such a, a beautiful vision of the church and, and what we need to be, this whole idea of missionary option, right? Moving away from just maintenance. This is what we've always done, or this is the way we've always done things to say, you know, what are new methods? What are new models? What are new approaches? How can we respond to the needs of our time, you know, as they are today in the United States, you know, we've got such huge demographic changes and, and you know, shifts in different parts of the country uh, and, and different ethnic groups uh, and such like. How do we respond to that? How do we reach out to those on the peripheries so that we're not simply ministering to those who are in front of us every week on a Sunday morning? God bless them. We're glad that they are. But how do we reach <laughs> out uh, beyond that? How do we remind those that we have in front of us that it's not about our comfortable existence as this small church. It's precisely about us having that missionary um, dimension. And, and for a leadership roundtable, it's about, again, it's about that leadership formation. How do we support people and how do we equip people to be able to be more effective in their ministry? Absolutely. And I would think for uh, an organization like yours, there could be a lot of wonderful follow-ups with the dioceses who will take a piece of this convocation back home and say, okay, now, uh, now that I've been transformed personally, now that I've, you know, I've heard the call and I've been inspired, now how do I take that and, and produce it into action steps or, or create a plan for my own diocese, my own parish uh, to further engage uh, the lay leadership or the leadership? And that's definitely the, the approach that the Bishops' Conference have, have taken, and, and, and certainly that is uh, our hope. Um, it's, it's precisely, you know, how can we take it and make it uh, work in our own place? And things need to be tweaked, um, but there are definitely common elements, I think, that we can all share if we're going to be more effective 
uh, in evangelization. I mean, uh, Pope Francis is talking about encountering people. It's accompanying people, about focusing on mission, you know, being that field hospital. So we can certainly change our, our perspective and our attitude and how we look even at how we use our resources. Um, so are we putting our resources into a place where we can really grow the church, where we can be effective serving the local community, Catholic and non-Catholic, you know, through our Catholic charities, through our Catholic uh, education and healthcare um, systems. So it's it's certainly exciting. This will be a, a real boost, I believe, um, for the church in the United States. And, and we will be one of, of many um, resource organizations that are available to dioceses to say to them, you know, find who can help you with this. You've got wonderful resources in your own diocese. And you found this with your, your own work in, in Allentown and in Philadelphia, sure. which is how do you tap into the wonderful people, the gifted people, the generous people who are already there and they're waiting to be called. They want to give to the church. They want to be of service to the church. And sometimes it's simply kind of bringing people together. So just as we do on the national level, we're encouraging uh, diocese to do that on that local level as well and say, how can we give a boost to the our main collaborators, to people who can really contribute to um, this 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 mission that we're part of. Certainly a, a whole lot of follow-ups to do, I'm sure, that will come out of this convocation in Orlando. It's very exciting. I'm very excited to see you guys down there and uh, to see everybody. I, I guess there's going to be some 3,000 attendees from around the country. Um, exactly. That's that's my understanding. And then we were part of the, the, the uh, last time that we had this sort of gathering, which was uh, the, the national, the emerging models, um, uh, uh, workshop conference that was also held in, in Florida a few years back. And again, I think we just see the opportunity of bringing people together who are usually not together. Right? Yes, right. Um, <laughs> I mean, firstly, the people are traveling to conferences less. There's perhaps less money for it. Um, but sometimes we, we're in silos uh, within the church, and, right. and that's a real danger. And so this is an opportunity to perhaps break down some of those barriers and, and build some great communication and some great bridges so that we can be truly working together um, on this, different organizations, different dioceses, um, to, to move us forward. It's fantastic. And and what do you see as, as next after this? Uh, how, how is the 17-18 year uh, shaping up for the roundtable, Michael? Well, we are just about to begin a new uh, three-year strategic plan. So we're working on that with our, our board and, and with our, our members and, and our partners. And so one of the exciting things that's going to come from that is that we are really going to work in, in great depth uh, with a smaller number of dioceses so that we can hold them up as examples um, to um, other dioceses around the country. We're very excited to be working with a number of dioceses across the country um, right now. So the opportunity to really kind of deepen the change um, that is happening there uh, and then to share that uh, experience with others, that's, that's what we're excited about and looking forward to. Michael, you've uh, you've been a fantastic guest today. I'm I'm so grateful for uh, for your um, your insights and you sharing the experience of the roundtable. And we're all very grateful for the work and the mission, uh, not only of the roundtable but those who support the roundtable, your board and all of your donors, of course, who make this vision a reality. 
Well, thank you, Jim, for the, the opportunity to, to be with you today and to, to share a bit about this exciting ministry that I'm part of. And thank you for your partnership and, and friendship over the years as well. Um, everything we do, we do in collaboration. It's not Absolutely. something that we could do alone. And, and so um, what you have brought to, to that and, and the various dioceses that you've worked in has, have been wonderful as well. So thank you. Thanks so much. I want to thank Michael for being on our show today, and in a special way, I want to thank the Leadership Roundtable for all you do to promote and support leadership within our church. For more information about the Leadership Roundtable, please visit their website at leadershiproundtable.org. Well, that's our show this week. I want to thank you for joining us for the ninth episode of Advancing Our Church. If you'd like more information about our show, please visit our website at advancingourchurch.com. Follow us on Twitter at Advanced Podcast or join our Facebook group. Well, one last chance this week, everybody, to enter to win a $25 Visa gift card just by giving us a rating on iTunes. And please keep retweeting and reposting our show on social media. We sure appreciate it. I'm Jim Friend. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Take care and God bless. <music>